The function of leadership is to produce more leaders, not more followers. Leaders of Men. G'day and welcome to Leaders of Men. I'm your host, Nick Warner. In a society that yearns for legitimate male role models, I speak to men that are forging the pathway to a healthy, integrated masculinity. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Mike Sagun. Mike is a certified professional men's coach and everyman facilitator. He guides men out of their heads and into their bodies. He's a San Francisco Bay Area native, now living full-time in the San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, with his husband, Jerry, and Pitbull Rescue, Bert. This is a super beautiful conversation, so I really hope you have a listen and enjoy. All right, Mike Sagan, welcome to Leaders of Men. Brother, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Uh, let's jump straight in. What does masculinity mean to you? Hmm. We're starting off deep right here, right to it. <laughs> um, I don't believe that masculinity or femininity are attached to genders at all. Uh, to me, masculinity is the embodiment of an energy that is purposeful, that is driven, that protects. Um, it is an energy that we all, every single person on this planet has that we can access when um, we want to push forward. I like to look at masculinity as the fire that burns in us, that warms us up, but also allows us to uh, create fuel in ourselves to drive, to um, push, to protect, to also to honor, to honor each other. Very well said, brother. If you had a 12-year-old son, what is the most significant thing he needs to know? Mm. That it's okay for men to have intimacy with each other that it's okay for him to have feelings uh, for another boy that is encapsulated with love and care and honor, um, that it's okay to say, I love you to another man. Um, if I had a 12 year old son, I'd tell him that intimacy is not just about sex, Intimacy is about caring for one another. And what that might look like for a same-sex relationship is um, being able to hold each other in space, being able to hold each other when uh, we're feeling emotions of sadness or shame or anger. Um, that intimacy is not... Uh, a definition or does not define our sexuality. That intimacy is a human need. And that needs that intimacy needs to be practiced with all genders, not just the opposite sex or um, not just with our romantic partners, but with all people in our lives. Yeah, beautiful. I was just listening to an Aubrey Marcus podcast. And he's talking to two guys and like, you know, big MMA fighter guys. And they're talking once they got to the point of being able to see and connect 
to the innermost, almost the feminine part of themselves, this part where they just can really nurture and love. They'll meet each other and they'll kiss each other on lips just as a way of like, bro, I love him. Like just as a friend and as a human being. Yeah. And he's like, you know, no doubt there's going to be guys that listen to this and they're freaked out by it, but that's that just shows you where they're at. But this, yeah. its ability to love everybody, just because yeah. we're all human. Yeah, I mean, if I knew at a young age what it meant like to care for one of my best friends growing up, mm. the relationships I would have had after that would have been way more secure. Today, in my male relationships, I have best friends that I do kiss on the lips. We and they're straight, quote unquote, straight, mm-hmm. right? And and we embrace each other and we hold each other. And there isn't, there is no question about our sexuality, or there's no question that we we are what we love each other. And in many ways, we're in love with each other. Not in a sense of romantic love, right? But in a way that, wow, you are my brother and I'm in love with you. And I want to share my space with you. I want to share my intimacy and my love for you. And I think, you know, as we see um, in different cultures, it's, it's, it's common for males to hold hands, to have their arms around each other. I come from America and, and in America, it's not like that at all right? We get the intimacy by pushing each other around, by grappling with each other. In some ways, that is intimacy, that is connection, right? But what if we were softer about our intimacy with other men? What if we um, allowed ourselves and gave ourselves the permission to hold another man or to kiss a friend on the cheek or on the forehead or on the head? Um, And what if we could do that without shame? What if we could do that without, um, without, without questioning who we are as men? What if that had nothing to do with our manhood? What if that had everything to do with just being a human being? Yeah, that's, it's so true, man. There's this, there's so many guys, they fear that if they are in touch with that part of themselves, they'll appear less masculine. And mm-hmm. I grew up in Australia I went to an all boys high school and there was just this, there was this homophobia that was around, like, because you, you had to be more of a man. You had to prove yourself that you're a man. And then I come to Europe. It's just like, it's a completely different culture where none of that exists. Well, not, yeah. not where I've been. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see that we're not controlled by this fear but rather it's just like an all-embracing love. So, mm-hmm. What is an uncomfortable truth about you? Hmm. I heard a lot of women. Um, I grew up closeted, a closeted young man and didn't know his identity, was afraid of his true identity. And as I was trying to figure out what it meant to be 
a straight man, a heterosexual man, trying to project being a, a straight heterosexual man. Um, I heard a lot of women along the way um, develop relationships with women where my authentic love for them my, was not there. It wasn't authentic. It was um, dishonest. Um, and um, broke many hearts along the way. Led women on to believe that I was a partner for them, that I could be a partner for them. And um, while also simultaneously um, knowing that in my truest form, that this would never last for me. And um, it was a mask that I wore for several years. And, um, and in many ways, it was me falling into this form of trying to be a man because this is how I, I thought I needed to be a man. Being gay for me meant that you're not a man. And so how can I perform being a man? And in the performance, really slashed up hearts, really hurt so many women. Um, and and I, I, I don't talk about that that often. I don't talk about the women that I've hurt. Um, and... Um, but I also don't have any shame around it because it was my journey at the time. It is what I, what I needed to do in order for me to realize that the hurt that I was causing was, was great, was, was large, was, um, was way, way harmful and toxic. How old were you when you came out? 23. And so you can imagine from high school, the, the social pressures of trying to be with women. All my friends were dating girls and I had to force myself into that. And all the way through high school, through college, um, I was dating women, sleeping with women, um, developing these false relationships with women. Um, and along the way, just really, really harmed a lot of women's hearts. Thank you for your honesty, brother. Yeah, thanks for asking. It's a great question. What's your most profound pain in this moment? Hmm. Um, my husband and I had been together for 10 years and um, in the duration of our 10 year relationship, we've had phases in our relationship of in, intense growth periods. And right now we are in a very intense growth period. Um, mm -hmm. My pain is um, 
that I am, that we are both healing individually and then healing together in, in our relationship and where I, where I feel like where I've been currently hurting is um, my behavior and how I've hurt him and um, the ways that I have behaved that have caused him to retreat or push away um, and not connect. And, um, and so that pain is very present right now. It's, it's very real. Um, but also, we've been together for 10 years. And we also know that on the other side of this phase is um, connection and love and um, easiness and effortlessness and a sense of belonging and a sense of um, oneness in the relationship. Um, you know, I, I, my, my best friend has been with his wife for 30 years and they are in this place of like intense love and I can find myself in just these short periods in my relationship with my husband where I start to catastrophize the future. And I start to catastrophize what could happen and my storytelling goes away and it just like goes off into this crazy fantasy of what could happen, should happen, might happen. Um, and so my practice has been just constantly coming back to what's real right now in this moment constantly like what is happening right now in our relationship what is needed right now in this relationship and as I continue to keep coming back and back and this might happen several times in the day right now that the the healing continues to happen it's when my body feels like I am calm and, and present that I can heal the hurt and pain that I feel so that I can show up differently and better for my husband moving forward. Yeah, I love the depth of your responses. And it, it triggers something in me because I'm going through a similar thing at the moment um, where a story gets created in my mind and it's, I just want to run from it and I want to numb myself. And I just, I don't like, I want to do what I used to do and just go out and, you know, get high and get drunk and fool around. And, but then there's a part of me that's like to just come back and sit and just sit in it mm -hmm. and just embrace it and just fucking marinate in those feelings and just let them be. Yeah. And then it just, it, it's medicine. Yeah. And you come out of it and you're like, holy shit. Like that was uncomfortable, but that is so beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. where the growth is. Yeah. And sometimes medicine is disgusting. It tastes gross. <laughs> you know, your body reacts to it. It's like, oh, I don't want this. This tastes nasty, you know, but you know that medicine is good for you. You know what I mean? And so it is, it is. And, and, and we also have to think about, right, that like we have lived our lives developing these patterns, developing these patterns of escaping, developing these patterns of numbing and distracting. And even when we are in this space, 
of personal development and personal growth and healing and all these kinds of things doesn't mean that we don't have our own shit we're not working on, right? We still have our own struggles and our own pain. And we also have the ability to ask for help, Mm -hmm. right? Therapists need therapists too. Healers need healers too. Coaches need coaches too. Men need other men. And so in this journey of growth and development, sitting with that medicine might sometimes taste really gross and it might be uncomfortable. However, when we allow ourselves to be in it and embrace it and surrender to it, completely let go uh, in this pain and in this, in this challenge or in this struggle, we can then start to see what's possible. We can start to see what's next. Um, and sometimes that being in that, that space and that discomfort is two days. Sometimes it's being in it for a month, two months, three months. Sometimes it's intermittent. Sometimes it's two days here and a week later. And it's natural, right? It's common. And I think where we can get lost sometimes is when we are in this place of growth. Growth is not linear. It doesn't just go up. Growth is up and down and then way up and then way down and then in the middle and then it plateaus and it comes back up. And so it's natural for us to go through these intermittent phases of highs and lows. And that isn't a sign that you're digressing. It's actually a sign that you're moving and you're growing. And so we have to remember that when we are in these spaces of challenges and pains, that when we allow ourselves to be in it, the growth is going to look different. The growth is sometimes going to feel heavy and sometimes it's going to feel light. And sometimes it's going to, um, it's going to hurt really hard, bad. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it calls for times of introspection and sometimes it calls for times of action. Right. And so we just have to remember that um, in these periods of growth, that some in the discomfort and in the highs and lows, all of that is just normal. When was the last time you were out of integrity? Mm. Last time I was out of integrity. Let me sit with that for a moment. Mm-hmm. When was the last time I was out of integrity? Hmm. Hmm. Um, several days ago, actually, um, maybe about a week ago. Um, my husband and I were having one of our hard conversations and um, I was dishonest about how I felt. Um, I felt hurt. I felt angry. I felt frustrated. I felt in pain and um and notice the protector part of myself come out and want to protect him. So rather than sharing my anger 
And rather than sharing my pain, um, I brushed it off and I didn't shine a light on it. I buried it back down. Um, and, um, and it was a way for me, one, to protect him, but also probably now thinking about it, protecting myself in it, mm. protecting um, my own ego and my own anger, not letting my anger get out because um, I didn't, perhaps didn't want him to feel like I was angry at him and I didn't want to feel the anger at him. Um, hmm. That's a great question, man. Yeah, and, and along the way, you know, I, I notice and notice how when notice in the last couple of days or last week that um, tension has been building in my body um, because perhaps that anger was never said <laughs> because that frustration and that pain was never said out loud. Mm. I'm feeling that tension in my body right now. <laughs> was it something that you rectified or you just, you left it and it's still. I haven't there. yet, man. I haven't yet. You know, I think that, you know, the things that my pattern in, in, in my, in my anger part or my frustrated part is to shut down to freeze, to run away. Um, and so in retrospect, looking back at that reaction, um, I didn't know that I, that was out, that's what I was doing. I just did it. And I actually haven't reflected about it until this question. And um, so it hasn't been rectified. Um, it hasn't been talked about. Um, and it sounds like that's my work this week. Is it bring it back up? Thank you. What are you most afraid of? Hmm. Hmm. I'm most afraid. There's two things that I'm most afraid of. I am most afraid of one, um, being alone feeling lonely when I get older. Um, I'm also afraid of um, getting dementia or Alzheimer's when I get older. Um, I don't think about it that often, um, but when I do, um, I think about all the ways that I can start to prevent that. And um, my, my husband's father had dementia. I had a few family members that had dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, and it is a nasty, nasty disease. Um, and I'm afraid of that. I'm also afraid of being alone when I'm older. Um, I'm afraid of um, uh, not having a community. Um, I don't have any place in my heart right now to I don't want any kids and um I recently had a conversation with a friend who talked about the one of the reasons why they wanted to have kids is because they didn't want to die alone 
And, um, and so for me, I start to question, what is my life going to look like 30, 40, 50 years from now? Am I going to be alone? Um, and that, that does scare me. Scare me. Yeah. Your greatest desire. Hmm. <laughs> My greatest desire is um, to leave behind some kind of legacy in this world. Um, I feel like right now I'm paving that path and I'm helping men and I'm impacting hundreds, maybe even thousands of men with my work. Um, and I don't think that's my, the last thing that I'm going to do on this earth. And I don't think that's, I think that's part of my legacy, but I think there's something greater that I want to leave behind. And I'm not sure what that is yet. I don't, I really don't know. Um, and um, I, I guess what I really, what, what that really means for me is that I can leave something behind that will impact generations and generations and generations after me. That um, perhaps my name gets forgotten, but the work continues to persist that the healing continues to persist. What are you creating? Hmm. Right now I am creating a life that is satisfying, fulfilling for myself and my husband. I'm um, creating um, a life that is sustainable for us for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Um, I'm creating um, a life that feels calm and easy and effortless. Uh, I'm creating a life that doesn't have any stress, that doesn't feel like overwhelm. Um, a life that, uh, feels like a huge, deep breath. Hmm. What would you like to be known for? Hmm. I would like to be known for being... Um, I'd like to be known for being an expert in my field, an expert in emotional awareness and somatics, um, an expert in um, men's healing and emotional intelligence. Um, I want to be known for um, 
the man that has created a path for other men to heal themselves in this lifetime. Um, and I want to be known for um, a man that's compassionate, loving, warm, and welcoming, a man that, um, that loves people, a man that cares deeply about this earth, cares deeply about humanity, cares deeply about um, people creating community. Um, I also want to be known for a, a, a man that um, is authentic and shares from a place of strength and connects from a place of vulnerability. What would you like for men to know with every fiber of their being? I want men to know that all of the answers that they're searching for are right inside their bodies. That all it takes is just to relearn what it's like to listen to our intuition, relearn what it's like to listen to that wisdom. Um, I'd like, I would love for men to know that their bodies are wise, that they need their heads to be intellectual, to solve problems, to, to be responsible, and that their hearts and their bodies should not be neglected in the process, that their bodies have eternal wisdom and our bodies are constantly sending us information. And it's our responsibility to just listen listen to what our bodies need. That's the 10 questions, my brother. So if you'd just Thank like you. to share what it is you've got going on and what, uh, what you've got on offer. Yeah, so um, Nick, thank you for this opportunity. This was fun. Great questions, Ben. Um, that allowed me to slow down and really dive in and um, feel into what these answers were. Um, so for any person that identifies as male out there, if they're looking for uh, an emotional awareness coach, a somatics coach, um, basically a person that allows them to drop into their body uh, or teaches them to drop into their body. Um, I'm a one-on-one coach. Um, you can find me at www.mikesagoon.com. My Instagram is mike.sagoon, S-A-G-U-N is my last name. Um, and then also come check us out at Everyman. Um, we are, we do, we have free men's groups uh, all week. We have a membership platform that allows you to access uh, different groups, different resources, different programs. Um, 
and stay tuned for a retreat that's coming at the end of summer, maybe early fall. It's our first in-person retreat in a year and a half um, since the pandemic. And so we know that there are men out there who are craving um, an in-person event. So come check us out. Um, obviously, we are working out details around uh, what this is going to look like post-pandemic, um, and we need to get those details squared away. Um, but check us out at everyman.com. That's E-V-R-Y-M-A-N.com. Beautiful, man. I'll have all that info in the show notes. Mike Sagun, thank you so much for joining me, brother. It was really, really thank good. Thank you. I appreciate the time, brother. Thank <laughs> you.